at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Civ Pop Writers, whom I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Civ Pop editor Robert. Good quote, Robert. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we write for Civ Pop, providing movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie related articles. Uh, make sure to check out the website, civpop.com, to keep up with all of that. Um, coming up here soon, probably like by the time the next episode launches, hopefully by the time the next episode launches, I'm doing the review for Glass Onion. Um, Robert had like, what, you had like three this week, right? Yeah, I did Stutz, the Netflix documentary about Jonah Hill and his therapist, The Wonder, uh, the latest Florence Pugh movie, and, oh, A Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably best uh, to move past that. Yep. <laughs> For, I mean, I, I read your review. I didn't see the movie yet, but we're we're thinking about, like, it's A Christmas Story is my dad, my wife's dad's favorite movie, so we're trying to be like, hey, let's watch it Thanksgiving mm-hmm. morning because we're going to be up. <laughs> It's not. And, I promise like, let, it's not a waste of your time, but it's just like the first one is so good, in my opinion, at least. I love it also. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, this is whatever. I think I, I think I said, let's hate watch it Thanksgiving morning is what I said. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, the um, uh, so yeah, lots of stuff on the site that we're we're putting out there. Um, I did some BEC entries recently. That was new but like i saw the power of the dog was on unclaimed i'm like we can't publish a movie a list without the power of the dog you know in also see you know um i did that and i think i did another one that week too i don't even remember but uh anyway going crazy uh, out here i know right <laughs> uh but on the podcast this week we're going to talk about a couple coming attractions some things coming out this week that you should be aware of um or not we'll see uh what you think <laughs> Uh, and uh, then we'll talk about our goat uh, for the week, uh, Sherlock Jr. Uh, this was hence my in, quote. Hence your quote. Yep, um, Sherlock Jr. The nineteen whatever Buster Keaton nineteen twenty four. Right, twenty four. Yep, twenty four. Uh, Buster Keaton silent film. Um, this is not the first silent film we've done though, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so when we're done talking about that, our B plot this week is we're going to schedule the next six months of goats. Uh, at least uh, the op- the options we're going to set up some Twitter polls to go out and then you guys can go vote on the pop Twitter assuming Twitter still exists we'll make that joke later as well don't worry uh, <laughs> I'll make that joke later as well <laughs> um, and then we'll wrap up with a spinoff uh, and then Robert will say that we got to get back to the writer's room in classic <laughs> fashion <laughs> uh, but first let's get a chance to, to talk know? with Robert <laughs> um, I was trying to surprise you <laughs> it's not a surprise anymore uh robert i gotta know 2022 is is coming kind of close to a close um i gotta know what are some movies that you like just haven't gotten around to yet so this is i want to clarify this is movies that have come out already not like correct babylon right okay correct um well i think number one for me is fire of love which mm. i was not even on my radar until foster wrote the review for the site um, and it has been high on my radar ever since. And I just noticed that it was added to Disney Plus, which is the first Whoa, time I've right. ever been happy about Disney yeah. Plus. Um, <laughs> so that's probably the highest one up there. Do you want me to go through just a bunch, or do you want to go back and forth? Um, I'll give one. Um, I um, I think the biggest 
one for me would be Prey. Okay, you haven't but, seen Prey. No, like it's not an Oscar contender, but it is like one yeah. of the biggest movies of the year. I haven't even seen any other Predator movies, and I've even seen Prey. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what else you got? Uh, decision to leave. I don't know where or when that's supposed to have been playing, but it's a Park Chan Wook movie that people have been talking about basically all year. Um, and that seems like it has awards legs, and I, I'm interested in it. I want to see it. I don't know where to see it, but I'm just waiting for it to come onto VOD streaming and or a movie theater near me. It's been like that for months now. Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest, probably the biggest one for me for the year, um, actually is, is Banshees of Inishirin. Mm. Um, probably more than, definitely more than Prey. Um, I just scrolled past it when I'm looking at my watch list, you know? Yeah. Have um, you seen the other McDonough movies? Yep. All of them. Yeah. And I even watched Seven Psychopaths the other week and I love him. Um, my, my local, um, community theater is putting on one of his plays and I just, I recognize the name. Oh. I'm like, is that the same? And so they're putting on the pillow man and it's like, it is him. Cool. So I texted it to my wife and I said, we're going to this one. She's like, all right. <laughs> so, and then I, I showed her seven psychopaths and she liked and it, like, but she still fell asleep to it because it was late. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I fell asleep to Disenchanted and it wasn't late. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to see All Quiet on the Western Front. We talked yeah, about too. it last time, uh, last month. I haven't gotten around to it mostly because it's two and a half hours long, but uh, it's only gone up in my watch list since we talked about it because of yeah. how much everyone seems to be loving it so yeah yeah that's for sure one of those that like you know if i don't get around i'm gonna prioritize it over something like prey because all quiet on the western yeah. front is very likely gonna get a good amount of awards consideration and prey might for like visual effects i, I actually I don't know if it's eligible because it's hulu but anyway oh that's a good um, question uh but either way like it, it would maybe get like effects and cinematography and sound and stuff like that but like i don't think anybody's expecting it for a best picture nominee and that's nothing to trash on the movie you know it's still one of the most i think most liked movies of the year but um at least mainstream you know franchise blockbuster type yeah yeah um i'll throw out uh triangle sadness that's yeah yeah um, a good one uh i've actually in the last couple of weeks i've been going crazy catching up on my watch list because i know you know once thanksgiving happens it's just like yep. a quick downhill until all of a sudden it's like january 15th yep. um so i've been trying to cram in as much as i can so i don't have too much left though i do really want to see vengeance still uh the bj mm. novak mm-hmm. podcast mystery i think um se- seemed interesting to me yeah um let's see uh i mean the menu and she said are both brand new so i don't really count those but excited for those uh bros still haven't gotten around to seeing bros but oh, i would bros really like to yeah yeah it's fun um, the last one that i'll say that's like i really want to get to it before you know the end of the year is the outfit which i've had on my list it seems like all year long uh i think it came out like i don't know maybe the first quarter of the year he threw okay. the review and i wasn't expecting it to be good but I wasn't expecting the movie to be good. Not that I wasn't expecting his review to be good. He yeah. wrote the review and he said it was good. And I've been wanting to see it since. I probably, I've been, I've been doing a bad job keeping up with my letterbox, like in terms of watch list. Um, so I probably need to go through and add more, but I'm looking at my watch list and it's a little bit smaller than I thought it would be. Um, so, I mean, I'll just rattle off some uh, weird, the Al Yankovic story. Um, I'm still interested in Hellraiser for some stupid reason. Uh, Blonde, Smile, Clerks 3, Pearl barbarian uh because you guys talk so highly of hong for jesus save your soul um i picked it up on it was on sale at voodoo um so that one um i don't think i will get around to it but i know lots of people really liking rrr i just i don't think i have time for a three-hour movie if you want to do awards movies though that that sounds like it might have a chance 
and uh, really the last two are Cha Cha Real Smooth and Men. Um, so I, if there's any know, that I would say you could skip, I would probably say that's what I've it's heard. Only, it's only gone down in my estimation since I saw it. Sad. Uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. list. Most of that is really good. Yeah, and like I said, I know that, like that's also not including anything that hasn't come out yet, and that's not including um, anything that like. I'm sure I need to just look at Letterboxd 2022 in general and add some stuff to my watch list. Um, yeah. you know, but like, obviously there's plenty of good stuff coming out for the rest of the year. Um, uh, Robert, have you capitalized on any black Friday sales? I mean, this episode's launching before Thanksgiving, but lots of places have been doing early stuff. Yeah. I got, what did I get? I finally got Spider-Man no way home. Um, got ambulance, the best movie about an ambulance driving around LA. Um, <laughs> There was one other, but I don't even remember. I haven't got I haven't gotten a lot. I was telling you before uh, we started recording that I'm actually kind of winding down on my Blu-ray collecting, uh, apart from new releases. So, are you just being pickier, or are you um, like just trying to be more discerning, or are you like moving towards digital? Not moving towards digital. No, uh, I won't become just, that kind of person. But yeah, just being just more being discerning. Pickier. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I need to. The do other that. one I got was French Dispatch. Oh, nice. Yeah. I need, I need to just get more discerning. Um, or I, I really need to stop just buying movies that I haven't seen. Um, at least apart from black Friday sales, you know, that's, you know, like I got the 4k of ambulance for 10 bucks. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But, um, or maybe I just need to like movies less. Um, <laughs> I just need to like, when, you know, when I look at my bell curve on letterboxd, it's way high and I'm like, I need to be harder on movies. Um, but my consideration yeah. is just like, am I really going to want to watch this again in the next 40 to 60 years? And if it's probably not, then I just take it off my to buy list. When I think of it in that timeline, I think of absolutely. Cause I like to rewatch movies, um, yeah. 40, 40 to 60 years. But if I were to think of it, do I want to watch this in the next year? Like, can I really wait for a sale? You know? Um, yeah. Can I wait for black Friday? Um, that would be fine. Um, I typically wait for sales. Like I very rarely buy anything for over $10. Um, I'm kind of at that point too. I mean, maybe 15 for a 4k, um, unless it's like a, unless it's a steel book. Um, so any new MCU movie or, um, movies that I adore, especially if I love the cover art for the steel book. Um, it's kind of what I, um, like I don't even love it, but because I have the first two, like I I really liked the movie, but I, um, have the Halloween ends. Secrets of Dumbledore. Oh, um, and I really liked the first two Halloween movies and I have the first yeah. two on Steelbook. And so I, I want to, I want it to, you know, fit in, um, you know, or like, uh, like, like I got the Top Gun Maverick one. Um, yeah. you know, obviously, uh, most, most of my Black Friday shopping is upgrades to 4k. Um, and that's, it's been that way the last couple of years, you know, 4ks are finally on sale and I didn't feel the need to buy them when they were regular priced because I already own a Blu-ray. So, um, I picked up the untouchables. We talked about that movie on this podcast. Um, Looper. We talked about the Untouchables. Oh, oh the Untouchables. The yeah. Untouchables. Yeah. Um, Looper got a 4K release earlier this year. It was finally on sale. Um, I just upgraded all three Toy Story movies to 4K, and I don't typically care that much about animation, but um, but this some of the Steelbooks were on clearance, and so I um, the Northman, um, Jurassic Park. I also um, got rid of my Jurassic Park collection and went down to just the original because I asked myself. Do do I really see myself watching two, three, four, like any of them besides the original again? And I think the answer yeah. is honestly no, except for maybe Jurassic World or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And I own those digitally. So like, I don't need the That's discs. Enough. I don't yeah. need the Lost World or three because no, I don't see myself watching them again. 
Um, I only ever bought the first one, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I got Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, I think also when I bought it, they weren't doing them individually on four, on 4K. It was like you had to buy a ah, set. Gotcha. And I got it on a Prime yeah. Day. It was a great deal, but it's you know it's it's a little thick on my shelf. So um, let's see. I did I did Akira. I've never seen Akira. Um, Ghost in the Shell. Both of those. Four. Um, there's a Warrior Steelbook. I know I'm, I'm huge on the movie Warrior, and you're not so much. Um, uh, but that had a 4K Steelbook release. Um, Again, a Clarence Monsters University. Um, I picked up uh, the Hunt for Red October. Um, 4K was finally on sale. Um, so yeah, that's, again, most most of it's just upgrading to 4K or getting 4Ks of movies. Like I got Bram Stoker's Dracula. I've never seen. I don't think any Dracula movie. Um, and I think that one's supposed to be considered pretty well. So it was, I think, like ten bucks. Nice. A couple of DC animated movies that I picked up, and then you know, I, I actually I took I. The DC animated, it was the green, the new, there's a new Green Lantern one with Jon Stewart. And then there's like a Batman and Superman battle with Super Sons. And like, so I bought them on disc and then I'm going to trade in the discs and just, you know, keep the codes. So paid like, you know, paying $3 for a digital copy, you know? Right. Um, so, which I don't, I don't typically do that except for maybe some animated movies. Cause I don't watch animated movies as often. And I really doubt these are going to be as hell. Like, I think the only ones that I still have like discs of is uh under the red hood and batman year one like and justice league doom like flashpoint paradox like the ones that are like great you know next year so yeah um oh and there was some criterion the i like i did i did the um because the criterions were 50 percent off i did the um the three pre-orders for this month the power of the dog the wally and uh infernal affairs infernal nice. affairs I did trilogy get sound of metal paris texas and earth snake and old lace yeah, I got those like the last time they were in any sale in October, so September maybe. Um, and then I also saw I was at a Barnes and Noble killing some time, and uh, and I saw they also had Arrow videos were fifty percent off too, and Arrow has some good stuff. So I picked up Mall Rats because I like Mall Rats. Um, that was when I did the the binge of the Kevin Smith movies. That was the one that I was like, you know what, this one's actually pretty good. I really enjoyed this one. The rest of them, I, I was like, there's good stuff to this, but I don't really know. I like most of them, but like. People talk about Clerks and Clerks 2 and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Like, Mallrats yeah. seems to be forgotten. Um, and I, re- I really liked that one. I'm like, I'm due for a rewatch. And the, the you know, Arrow Select is putting out some stuff that I, I think is just as good as uh, Criterion. I mean, it's a different standard of movie, but they're still putting out some. All right. So one last re- uh, question before you. This one's random. You don't know it. Um, coming into it. Robert, uh, as, as this is launching, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Um, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? My favorite Thanksgiving food. Um, see, the thing is, I'm not a classic Thanksgiving lover. Like, I like the food, but there's nothing where I'm like, I can't wait to have this Thanksgiving. So maybe I'll just say turkey. I don't know. I like a good turkey. Yeah, t- turkey's just so long to prepare. That's why. That's why people don't do it aside from once or twice a year. Yeah, it has to like thaw like an hour every pound. Like, you know. Unless you buy it at the deli, <laughs> nobody's doing turkey in, in April, you know, uh, Easter. Right, right. Uh, sometimes people, nobody's buying turkey in February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like sweet potatoes, um, especially when you make them with lots of brown sugar and butter and marshmallows, like, you know, add to that. Uh, I love it. Um, I think they've become been becoming more year round because like sweet potato fries, like places that sell them, like it makes it better. Um you know, and then um, the uh, like uh, when I go to Texas Roadhouse, I get a baked sweet potato with my steak. So nice. And that's becoming a little bit more common, but I just I love really sweet sweet potato. 
I'm like, I'm actually going to make for Thanksgiving this year. I'm going to make um, sweet potato gnocchi. We'll see how that goes. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds yummy. It'll either be really good or really bad. No middle <laughs> ground. So I'm hoping for really good. Uh, speaking of either really good or really bad, let's talk about a couple movies coming out this week. Hey, look at that transition. Uh, hey. <laughs> Robert, uh, Glass Onion, Devotion, Strange World. That's the three we're going to be talking about today. Uh, which one do you want to start off with? Uh, I don't have Devotion in my notes. Uh, so let's just start with that one. You don't? I mean, I knew we were going to talk about it. Okay. Um, but it's like I don't have much to say about it. Okay. Um, Devotion, a pair of U.S. Navy fighter pilots risk their lives during the Korean War and become the sons of the Navy's most celebrated, and become some of the most the Navy's most celebrated wingman, uh, based off of a book by Adam Makos, um, directed by J.D. Gillard. Um, Jonathan Majors starring in here, and then Glenn Powell, who is in Top Gun Maverick, doing another plane movie this week. Um, Joe Jonas is in this. Uh, Thomas Sadowski, who is in Newsroom, which I really liked, and Robert bailed on a couple episodes in. Um, I watched the first <laughs> season. I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, you had to like this guy, right? Like, he was great in it. Which one, he was who, the, which one was it? He was the main oh. editor. Like the guy that was kind of a douchebag. Um, everyone was obnoxious to me. Yeah, everybody was like kind anyone. of a Was he anyway. the one with the unrequited love? Or that was the other guy? No, that was the other guy. Um, okay. This is the guy that got to tell the plane full of people that, that oh, that's right. they killed Osama bin Laden. Um, not they themselves, but... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Devotion. Um, based off of a true story, by the way. Uh, Robert... Uh, we're going to take same, same as always we're taking schedules and all that out of the equation budgets, just your free will. Um, when do you think you would check out devotion? Do you think you would go check it in the theaters? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or just skip it. Well, I'm going to see it tomorrow yesterday for when this comes out. So I will say theaters, uh, it has good buzz and I like Jonathan majors and I think he, well, it's not, me being a smart predictor it's kind of common knowledge that he's about to become huge so yep. uh i just yeah want to see him yeah i mean i'll go like and not so enthusiastic theaters like this looks like the trailer is shot really well and i hope that like the cinematography carries over into the film itself i mean i'm sure it will but mm-hmm. like it looks like a generally well shot action film i guess i just you know jonathan majors is also yeah obviously a great actor um he's really good in love lovecraft country um, which I didn't even see all of, but he's great in it. Um, and yes, he's a, he's going to blow up in a big way um, if if he's not already. You know, I think he already is. Um, I think he's probably like right on the cusp. And as soon as Ant-Man comes out, it's like, all right, yeah, there we go. I think he's on the cusp. Like, I think he's like done a lot of things in Hollywood or like he's signed on to a lot of projects because like he's starting to blow up. It's just they've got to be released. And, and right. they've oh, got Ant-Man have- and Creed next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Creed is next year. Dang it. Um, I really want to see that one. That trailer looks so good. <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, great. I'm so excited for Creed 3. Uh, but yeah, the other thing about the, like, I, I guess my only thing is, I guess, did you ever see Midway that came out like a year or two ago? No. I, like Roland Emmerich. That was when I just never got to. I wanted to, though. It's pretty good. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. And I, uh, I guess it, I, I get more Midway vibes than I do Top Gun Maverick. And the difference is Top Gun Maverick is a great story with excellent action. Uh, Midway is good action and who really gives a shit? Like, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, based on a true story, you care about that. But like, it's not, you know, it, it was always Roland Emmerich flying planes, you know. 
Um, yeah, the impression I get from Devo- Devotion is that it's not trying to be Top Gun Maverick. You know, it's trying to be a story about guys flying planes um, yeah. and not like thrilling blockbuster levels. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think it'll be good on that level. Yeah. So I'll say theaters, but maybe a not so enthusiastic theaters. If I get a chance to go, I'll go. But it's not like the one that I like if I had a choice to go to anything this week, it's not the one that I pick, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Strange Worlds then. Uh, the legendary Clades, Clads, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Are a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and most crucial mission. Is uh, a new Disney a- animated movie. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Gabrielle Union, Alan Tudyk, of course, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu. I'm sure plenty of other people. Um, but at least that's all that's listed on IMDb. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think about Strange World? Same scale. Uh, if we're going literally, I'm seeing it Wednesday morning. But I would I would be in theaters anyway. Um, yeah, mostly be just because Disney original animated, and basically you have me there. Yeah. I'm at least interested at that point. I just don't think I know anything about this movie. So it's really hard. Like everything about the marketing has been intentionally vague and that's good, especially because I think this movie is going to go to some weird places, but it just also makes it hard to get behind, you know? Um, I think it has a chance to be like forgettable Disney. Here's random uh, anthropomorphic animals doing whatever on an alien planet. And then it's done. Sure. Uh, for the sake of argument, I'm gonna like I'm kind of in the middle of rent and stream, but for the sake of you know needing to pick one, I'll I'll land I'll like teeter on the side of rent. Um, okay. I think it has potential. I don't think I'm as excited about this as everybody else is, and you would think with November, like Disney is going for the animated Oscar with this, but you know this was in console last year. Sure, um, yeah, that's a good point. Like you would think they would be going for that, but like I guess I don't really know if I've seen any any animated movies this year. Um, I don't know what the front runner is, you know, like because at least last year when we had you know Encanto and last year was also Mitchells versus the Machines, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, there's another well, there's, Disney one that I think people were. I don't know. There was probably some Pixar last year. I, I, year I, I've, I've seen Turning Red. I've seen Lightyear. Yeah, Apollo Ten and a Half, Turning Red, Lightyear. Um, I was I was thinking about animated movies the other day also, and I I think that's about all. The I've bad seen. guys, um, the DC <clears throat> League of Super Pets. Also. Can you like, imagine Oscar nominated DC League of Super Pets starring Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart? <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It just feels like there hasn't been as many coming out. Um, like this year so far. I'm sure there's going to be like there's. I think there's a couple slated for the end of the Strange um, World will probably get it by default then. Um, Strange World is supposed to have a lead character who is gay and that is part of their character arc. And if that's actually the case, I will be very happy um, because I think Disney has been coasting for too long on just like the blink and you miss it kiss or just like two characters in the background holding hands, um, at least in their mainstream theatrical movies. So I, I'm inclined to support it just on that basis. And I will be supporting it uh, anyway, but that's a good boost. I want to give my money towards something like that. Yeah. Because like the characters in Lightyear, it was all in that si- that basically silent up-ish sequence. And it's like, oh, she's dead. Or like the, yeah. in the background of Rise of Skywalker or in the background of Black Panther, there's like a kiss that can be edited out for overseas releases. And I'm just like, all right, let's make it a central part of the, the movie and the story. Uh, 
And that's what I'm excited about for this one. Uh, let's see. We have Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Minions Rise of Gru. These are just ones we haven't mentioned. Um, Wendell in the Wild, I think, was getting some pretty decent buzz um, from some of our sub-pop writers, too. That one looked like interesting. Intergalactic, if you want to count that, that as well. Unfortunately, um, Intergalactic is technically a TV special. Oh, okay. I, just, I, I really love that one. It was great. Uh, Bob's Burgers movie, The Sea Beast. I think that one had a good amount of buzz. I wouldn't be surprised if that oh, got I a nomination. Um, this says Pinocchio, but I don't know if either of them will count. And I don't think the Robert Zemeckis one count? is good enough. I don't know. I, I, I is it, it's list. It depends on how the Academy wants to. Well, I guess they like Coraline and Box Trolls count. So yeah. So, so Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio should count. Um, there was that. Apple TV Plus movie Luck that looked really cute that nobody liked, um, so I <laughs> took it off my watch list. Um, but I'll still probably check out some. Um, I think that's basically what Alice said in her review. It's like, yeah, this is fine. Right. Yeah, a bunch of straight-to-video stuff. Yeah, so like, yeah, I'm sure there's some good stuff out there we just haven't heard about yet. Um, you us normies. So, um, Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, no, that doesn't count. Um, yeah, Sonic and Chip and Dale wouldn't count. But. I didn't know if Chippendale was enough. I still haven't seen it, but it's terrible. <laughs> Shame. Um, yeah, we wouldn't get in on that basis. Yeah. So anyway, it's just it's one of those that like you would think that this would be you know that pick. Um. So I, I'm I don't know. It's just I don't really know much about this, so it's hard to get invested. And I think it had a really interesting, a really great teaser trailer. Um. But it's I think it's just one of those that like I don't know that I'm excited as everybody else is, and maybe that's just because I don't want to get hurt. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Any, any other thoughts? We, I mean, we talked mostly about like the context of strange world as opposed to strange world. I mean, good cast. Yeah. I, I will see anything Jake Gyllenhaal is involved with. Uh, I love Jake. So he's a voice. So yeah, there's a plus. That's all. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, balanced out by the negative of Dennis Quaid. So cool. Yeah. I'm fair. (laughs) Dennis Quaid, you know, 2022 Dennis Quaid, not. Right, like early right, 2000. Right. That'll take us to Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh, famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. This is a limited theatrical release exclusively um, when this episode drops today for a week. Um, so other than that, you can wait until it comes out on Netflix on December 23rd. Um, so, And this isn't like limited release like just New York and LA. Like check your yeah. local theaters. It's probably going to be at one within 30 minutes of you. Um, so Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Kate Hudson, uh, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Jessica Henwick, Leslie Odom Jr., Madeline Klein, Noah Segan, uh, Ethan Hawke, Hugh Grant, Natasha Leone, Stephen Sondheim, um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Serena Williams. These are, these have to be cameos, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, so here's the thing. I don't want to talk about this one too much because okay. I saw one trailer and I was basically sold when they said Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig were coming back. And I've intent, like I muted the term glass onion and the hashtag on Twitter. Like, I don't want to see anything. Uh, so I'll be there as to- soon as I can because of I, not, not too soon because of Thanksgiving. It's just the, the logistics, but yeah, theaters in your, in your uh, hierarchy there. I'm exactly with you. Um, I, except I didn't mute the Twitter words. I typically don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, as soon as they said Ryan Johnson, Benoit Blanc, another one coming, I'm like, I'm in sold. And then they announced this glass onion, which is a fine title, but then they called it a night is out mystery, which is stupid. Should have called it a Benoit Blanc mystery and then fine. You know, um, uh, if they really wanted a subtitle to connect it to knives out, but, um, that's another, I'll argument. tell you this. I genuinely don't care about the title because to me, it doesn't change the content of the movie. 
I know yeah, it's a little I'm, bit of a conversation, but <clears throat> but I really just don't really care. It, it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, but it just seems like if you were going to put a subtitle, why not put Benoit Blanc, you know, as opposed to Knives Out, which was like a specific. Anyway. Um, Blank? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It is. I I haven't seen a trailer. I've avoided trailer for. Um, oh, that's good. So. Thankfully, the first trailer. I did see the first trailer. It didn't reveal much. Like I have no no clue what <laughs> the mystery even is. Like even if it's a murder, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I might so have ready. seen a, the the first trailer in theaters, but I've forgotten it. I'm really good at forgetting trailers, or at least like that's only true. remembering like a frame from it. Um, and at this point, like I was gonna, like this would be a movie that. We saw Black Panther a couple weeks ago. If if the trailer would have come up, this would have been one that I would have legitimately like left the theater or at least like covered my eyes, you know, um, because this is one that Avatar, I want. Yeah, yeah, like I want the purest um, version for this. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Both of us really excited. Um, this I think was the my most excited movie for the year. And if it wasn't, it sure is. Sure is. Um, so here's a quick question, by the way. Do you, will this get a Blu-ray release, or are we going to have to cross our fingers for Criterion? <laughs> Oof. Um, I don't because know. This like is a weird release for a Netflix movie. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it must've been a contract because since the first one was there and then Netflix bought the rights to the sequels, which I don't know why Lionsgate just didn't front the money for two sequels, you know? Um, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's, that's a whole nother story though. Uh, you got to think that there was the, the theater stipulation wrote into it. Um, but I don't know about a Blu-ray. At the very least, I think we'll get a Criterion or maybe an Arrow Select or maybe like Shout Factory. Um, something will try to put a Blu-ray out there. Um, you know, or maybe like Lionsgate still gets distribution rights because of the first. Like maybe that was part of the contract or whatever. Like they get like home media distribution. I don't know. I have a hard time believing we won't get one. But also like Netflix doesn't ever put out stuff of their own. I mean, but right. um, Mitchell's versus the Machines got a Blu-ray release. Um, but I think that was one of those that like Sony made the movie and then sold it to Netflix because of COVID. So, but Mitchell's versus the machines did get a home release. So I feel like it'll be similar. All right. Well, I'm just hoping that it does because I've seen some like letterbox star ratings. I haven't read any reviews, but based on those star ratings, I think this movie should be pretty good. Uh, and I'll probably want to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, especially because that, that I have the first knives out steelbook on a or steelbook. And it's one of the best looking ones ever. So, mm. yeah, uh, that'll do it. Um, chance to promote some of the stuff. People that have um, checked out your um, uh, people that like your thoughts and want to hear more of your thoughts. Twitter until Elon blows it up at underscore Rob's thoughts. And um, after Elon blows it up, go to Letterboxd Robert's thoughts. There you go. Uh, quick shout out for Patreon. It exists for the show. Um, five, ten or twenty dollars a month. Um, patreon.com slash sifpopwr go check out the perks over there uh sif topic time all right uh we are talking goats this week since robert's on uh, we're talking about sherlock jr this is a 1924 buster keaton uh starring and directed film a film projected projectionist longs to be a detective but puts his meager skills to work when he is framed by a rival for stealing his girlfriend's father's pocket watch um yeah uh, buster keaton being the the big star here um, let's see, let's do a little bit of, um, your history with the film. Um, this is like before awards, like this is before Oscars things. It's hundred rated a hundred, 195th highest on IMDb, 8.2 on IMDb, by the way, 4.2 on Letterboxd and a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Um, it was inducted into the National Film Registry in 1991 and has just been pretty much adored. Um, 2005 in 2005, Time called it uh, one of the all-time 100 greatest movies, um, even though it's only 45 minutes long. Um, I see Rotten Tomatoes reports that this is Wikipedia. This is not. Since I just said it was 92, Rotten Tomatoes reports a 94% appro- approval critic approval rating with an average rating of 9.7 out of 10. Um, in 2012, 2012, 2012, <laughs> uh, 2012, it was ranked number 61 in a list of the best edited films of all time as selected by members of the Motion Pictures Editors Guild. Um, in 2012, Sight and Sound polls, it was ranked 59th greatest film ever and made in the critics polls. In 2015, it ranked 44th on BBC's 100 Greatest Films list, 100 Greatest American Films list, voted by critics from, critics from around the world. Um, in 40 minutes into the film, Buster jam, jabs on, jams on the brakes of the car he is driving, causing the chases to stop the body, stop and the body keep going. And this gag was reused in the James Bond film, The Living Daylights. That's incredible. Um, oh, here's why this film was so widely available. In January 1st, 2020, the film entered the public domain in the U.S. Uh-huh. That's what Where's it was. Where's the remake? <laughs> but, but that's also interesting because, like, I had to find it on, like, Tubi. Like, that's where I watched it, yeah. Couldn't everywhere have it? Like, couldn't HBO have it? And, and all like, if it is public domain, why do I have to go to the one of these ad-supported? Uh, and also, the film was ranked 62nd in AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs. So I did laugh. <laughs> uh robert's review i did laugh um, <laughs> anyway b plot uh yeah uh what history with the film uh it, it, or i guess history with buster keaton in general uh no history with buster keaton i've seen a lot of movies about sherlock senior nothing about sherlock jr <laughs> um <laughs> sorry sorry that was really stupid Had but to. i liked it um <laughs> yeah i same same as always is that i was looking forward to seeing this i uh my my backlog of Silent films is embarrassing, embarrassingly yeah. low. So it's always good to add one. And this is a, actually, I'll keep that for, I'll keep that spoiler on my thoughts for a second. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Buster Keaton movie. Um, we did the kid a couple months ago and, um, that was earlier this year and it wasn't this schedule, but it's last schedule. Um, I don't so we did when. the, we talked about the kid and, I, um, we both really enjoyed that one. Um, that was my first silent film. Um, and my first Charlie Chaplin, I've never seen a Buster Keaton, but I did remember like, um, when we watched, when we watched cinema Paradiso, I, um, bought a Charlie Chaplin essentials collection and a Buster Keaton collection of like a bunch of their like shorts. So it's not really their films because their films are pretty like, you know, expensive to buy in a lot of places because a lot of them are like criterion or like specialty or even if they even have a blu-ray release or even dvd release um so yeah um so yeah i was excited to watch this one um i i haven't dug dug into the collections yet but i just remember like cinema paradiso like seeing the people and the way they reacted and i was just like that looks charming and like i want to like watch movies that people watch like this so um yeah that's that's my history, I guess. Uh, Robert, Sherlock Jr., did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I will go to the high side of like it. Okay. Um, I think I have to give my review with a caveat. Um, Uh-oh. One of these. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I think I'm with you on the, on the really high side of like it. Okay. But I think given like the context this film came out, high side of love it. Like, mm. 
Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I saw your letterbox review, like, right when we started recording. I, I didn't read the review. I didn't see anything, but I saw the rating you gave it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and, like, trying to think, like, like you gave it a four. Right. And I feel that's about right for me. But, like, if I saw this in 1929, it would be, like, break the meter, you know? Uh, <laughs> yes. Eight out of ten, right? Or eight out of five. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. like this has to be remarkably better than anything else put out in this era. Um, but yeah, at least in terms of watching it with 2022 eyes, having seen a world full of cinema and transformers, um, (laughs) it's, it's just one of those, like, I feel like I enjoyed it kind of on the, about the same level that you did, but for context, this is remarkable, right? Oh yeah. Um, but I was also, again, we're going to sound like uninformed losers who don't know what we're talking about, but I'm like, I'm only comparing it to the kid. I've. For one second, I wanted to say I liked it more than the kid, but then I thought about it more. The kid actually had an emotional punch, and the thing with Sherlock Jr. is that it's just like an incredibly, excuse me, an incredibly fun time for forty-five minutes. Um, But there's not much to actual story. You know, it's like (laughs) this is gonna be the weirdest comparison ever. It's like Speed, you know, like a just a nonstop action movie. Um, <laughs> first time anybody's ever compared. I know, yeah. <laughs> speed for some reason Sherlock that's Jr. what came to my mind. But yeah, whereas like the kid is a actual drama, even though you know there's no uh, audible dialogue. Yeah. Um, when the kid came out three years before this movie, because I just wanted yeah. to check. Right. So I guess yeah, this would have been the second best movie of all time in 1924. <laughs> so my point, like on that, like on that scale, I still think it's very good. But like, I still want to feel something emotional. Me too. That's my biggest problem with this movie is that it it has some emotional level, but this is such a surface level movie. And that's kind of fine because, again, given the context of the era. That's all it's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it's trying to do is entertain people. And because it's a Buster Keaton, you know, like it's his he his goal was to make you laugh. Um, right. Just with Charlie Chaplin's. But like. Yeah, I did kind of miss, like, the kid did have a, a couple of really good emotional beats. And I think this movie tried to do it sometimes, but, like, I, like it was maybe emotional in terms of, like, when he proposes to the girl the first time and she's, like, noticeably disappointed with the size of the ring. Like, it's almost, mm-hmm. like, played just as much for a laugh as it is for, like, you feel bad for this poor guy, you know? Um, that this poor guy who is in love with a person that has rich tastes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, and he keeps losing his money in the trash. <laughs> he keeps losing, yeah. <laughs> well, and he had a. Uh, it, it just it it almost feels like if the kid could do it, then why couldn't this one? Do? Um. So. Um, right, and there's also the to go on top of that moment with the the magnifying glass where she wants a bigger ring. Like even the their final kiss at the end, like the the very end of the movie, he's still watching the movie uh, on a screen, yeah. trying to see what's the right like. I was laughing yeah. at that more than like rooting for the love story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's again at the end of the day, that's all it's trying to do, so it achieves its goal. But I just want more out of a movie. So yeah, so that's why I feel like when I log this on Letterbox, I'm probably going to go ahead and like I'm probably going to give it a four and a half because I feel like that will balance out the like if for when it came out, it should be five stars, absolutely. But for watching it now, like it is missing that emotional punch. It is missing that in like. I feel like we're we're kind of starting off on a negative, but that's really the only negative I have, though. Yeah, like no, it's agree. just that there is this is a sing- singular tone emotion, and it's funny, but like it's funny throughout. 
and it's really creative and it's very well executed. So uh, let me just say real quick that Michael Bay's ambulance in which an ambulance drives through L.A. for two and a half hours has an emotional punch. And (laughs) Sherlock Jr., in which Sherlock runs away from the bad guys for 45 minutes, doesn't. Um, And and Michael Bay's Transformers uh, tries. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sam Witwicky? I've never felt more emotional than watching <laughs> Sam Witwicky on screen. Than than when you watch him react to Optimus Prime dying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, in serious note, though, uh, my I actually do have one other like tiny negative note before we just you know list off all our favorite parts for the rest of our conversation. Um, and I will say that I did. I don't know. I was maybe I was being nitpicky, and this is why it's four, not four and a half. But like in that dream sequence part, or at the beginning of the dream sequence. When he's like falling into the sand or into the snow and like the waves, you know, it's just like keeps changing the setting. I appreciate how well done that was and like how impressive the filmmaking is, especially for the time. Mm -hmm. But I'm just kind of getting bored, especially compared to everything that comes before and everything that comes after. So there, there's my last negative. We can just talk about all our favorite scenes the rest of the time if you want. Um I didn't feel that, but I understand that. Um, I guess it's just I didn't know where it was going, so I didn't know if it was just going to be that for a while. I guess mm-hmm. um, I- I'll say something I really appreciate about the movie um, is that the- I-, I got the assumption based off the title and even synopsis that this was going to be like he gets framed for this theft, theft of this watch. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was going to be he is an amateur detective. He wants to be a detective or the- like he's reading up on sherlock and he wants to he wants to be like sherlock and then he winds up detecting and figuring out this case and that's not true at all um i was also expecting that he goes to he goes to work and and no he knows what's he knows what happened like he knows or he at least he knows he didn't do it he doesn't necessarily formulate anything but he's like what can i really do you know and he goes to work and he falls asleep and he daydreams himself as a detective and kind of pieces it together in his dream but it's just more so like us seeing a representation of what's going on because it's actually the girl that he proposed to that does the heavy lifting and gets it all sorted right. out while he falls asleep in a movie theater. So it's like, I really appreciated that the movie wasn't like this common person solved a crime. Like, <laughs> mm. you know, with no, yeah. this common person with no, det- it wasn't a hard crime to solve, you know, um, <laughs> a guy put a but, thing in his pocket. <laughs> right. But like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, I was, I was, I didn't know what to expect at all. I assumed, especially when we put this list down, that it was, oh, Sherlock Jr. So it's going to be Buster Keaton as Sherlock. Um, And so he's going to be a detective. But because it's Buster Keaton, it's going to be, you know, very Mel Brooksy. And so it's or Buster Keatony, you know, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So it's going to be very slapstick. Right. So it's going to be a detective story that slapstick. It's, It's not like it's barely a detective story. And I think I guess I just I was expecting it to just be done very poorly and it it just wasn't and it wasn't ever focused on being a detective story and there's nothing wrong with it. um it kind guess- of was at the beginning when he's reading that book like the first thing search all the people so i like it, the story even leads you on that way until his dream takes up like yeah. two-thirds of the movie yeah so yeah. It, it's a weird framing device for what the movie overall is is what i'll say well yes well it, i guess i just again i more so thought like he's going to figure it out in this dream and he's going to go confront and then we're going to have some big slapsticky fight. And that's just not what happens. And yeah, I almost appreciated the movie more for what it actually did, especially because Mm -hmm. 
I get that this is a style of movie and it's, ve- it's supposed to be very silly and slapsticky and like not realistic. But like if he does, if this movie still wants to be as funny as it is, but also still like try to take me, try to let me make me take him seriously. Like it's not going to work very well. So essentially just like framing it in this, he's daydreaming in this film. Like I think worked really well. Yeah. Like it, just, it never made me go like this bumbling idiot would never, <laughs> you know, um, would never be able to solve a crime. You know, like is, isn't that kind of your problem with see how they ru- see how they run. My problem with see how they run is that after we left the theater, my wife immediately said, I don't remember anything about that movie. And I was like, neither do I. Uh, yeah, it was just Sam Rockwell is just drunk, but also figuring everything out. And Cersei Rodin is a bad detective, but also figures everything out. Just, right. right. Well, I was just, I couldn't remember. I was just like, that would be a pretty good example for you to like, there's a million examples of like, this guy's not a good detective, but he did it in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, like, that's Batman why I think Batman. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's why it's so refreshing when you get somebody like Benoit Blanc, um, you know, who actually is a detective. And he's like, you know, I definitely could go home right now, but somebody sent me a letter. So I think I'm going to stick around for a couple days. Like there's something about this isn't adding up. It's like, you're right. Good job. Way to do your job. Um, so anyway, it uh, that was one. I just like I liked the framing. I liked that it kind of just wasn't what I expected. And I still kind of want a slapsticky Sherlock, but again, like that's set the framing it. That's what movies are for. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so what was your favorite scene? Cause I have a, I have a specific favorite scene. If you don't have one, that's fine. Um, I was trying to think, I think there, there was three vignettes that I really, really liked. Um, okay. I think one of them was um, the chase uh, it, near the beginning where he like puts a cloak over him. Like he jumps mm-hmm. out the window, puts a cloak over him and just starts walking. And then like the following um, leading up to like on top of a train and he's running and jumping cars. Right. Um, I really liked that vignette. Um, okay. Cause it said, follow, follow him like a shadow in the detective book. And he like literally got, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my wife was still in the room at that time. We both laughed out loud. We're like, this is obnoxiously funny. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I really liked the um, the car, the car chase that led to the wall, like going off of its tracks. And then he's just like, hmm, let's just put up the back and use it as yeah. a Paris. And then it just um, fails. There was another one I really liked. <laughs> there was another one I, I really liked. I just can't remember it at the moment. Um, but I thought it was really cleverly done. Um, I don't know. Tell me yours. Maybe it was that. My favorite was the pool, the pool scene, like the billiards. Um, yes that was the one i just thought it was hilarious the entire way uh i watched also, this movie yesterday by the way and didn't put any notes down so that's why I'm, but yes the billiards one was hmm. great um, those are some like very complex have, shots yeah like that an entire table full of balls and he didn't make that one move at all man that's incredible well, and it's, it's not also like, just, like sneakily really funny. cut. Like, no, it's not. You, right. You know that he had to learn these pool tricks to make the scene work. And yeah. how many takes do you think they had to do? Like, I, I was, my mind bl- was like, <laughs> my, mind, <laughs> my mind was blown. I was like, wow, I did not expect this level of technicality. Um, Unlike the Stripe 13. Um, <laughs> and it kept cutting back to the guys in the other room, like miming the... Oh, he hopped it over, or oh, he made it go around. It's just like uh-huh. I, I love all those cuts. Um, yeah, just that entire sequence had me cracking up. And then they're like, they go over to check the ball uh, in the box, and he puts his foot on the chair, and the axe comes swinging down. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like it's all really, really good and really clever. Most yeah. of all, I was just like impressed by the, the pool shots. 
Yeah, yeah, the yeah, it was really impressive, and like I think like we even see Buster Keaton himself shooting them. Like it's not a stunt double. Yeah, it's not like a yeah. close up on the hands. Like we see him doing it. Yeah, um, really impressive. I, I also mean, really love the motorcycle chase. Um, when for like a good extended period, he thinks the guy is still on the bike, which has yes. become just like a normal thing in silly action movies. But it's like, uh-huh. I didn't care because it was done in 1924. And there's like this one sh- shot from the side as he's going up towards a train where he's just sitting there and he looks really bored. And I just lost yep. it. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was a, that was a really funny sequence too. Man, I forgot. I, I should have, should have written some of those down. But yeah, the billiards um, was one I really wanted to mention. Um, Cause I love yeah. that one, but yeah, it was really funny seeing his reaction, especially when he finally turns around. Um, he's like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. There were some things that like wouldn't really make much sense, like if like if we're to believe that they can hear in their world, like because we can, because they have title cards that say um, like what the dialogue is. So there's some things that like logically just don't really work. Um, I it doesn't bother me at all. (laughs) But but right, it didn't bother me at all. Um, What did kind of bother me though? Maybe you can um, you can attest to this. Um, When we watched the kid, I don't remember any like dialogue cards. Do you? Yeah, there were some dialogue cards. Okay. Like they, that's how you knew they were trying to take the kid away and everything. Okay. I just don't remember them. And I'm sure going back, I won't remember the dialogue cards from here. But I just, I, I felt every time the dialogue cards came up, they felt unnecessary. Um, like I felt like there was a really good way to explain. Like I was, I was getting what was going on without the dialogue. Um, and so I just, I didn't really feel like they needed to be there. Because um, well, like, there's one... not any in like the last half of the movie. No, that's you know? true. Like we yeah. get how the movie ends without, you know, maybe it's need, kind of needed for setup, but it's like, I know what's going on here. Like, and, it, and I get it. You know, I'm an educated person a hundred <laughs> years from now. And like, you know, the goal is for everybody of any time period of any education level to be able to understand what's going on. You know, I've seen movies for my entire life, you know, as opposed to like, you know, a couple times in a theater exclusively, you know? Right. So I uh, I personally felt it was fine. Like I like they weren't needed. One of the cards was pretty funny though, which was, it was like, and by the next day he had had everything that he needed except for a suspect and uh, any, any leads or whatever. <laughs> Just like really well, clever. But those that was a, are it was a title instead of title, a dialogue. Title cards are different than dialogue cards. Okay. Yeah, and I I still think you probably could have gotten away without doing any title cards. But but that title uh, but yeah. card added to the humor. Yes. Yeah, and that's the thing too. If the if the dialogue is adding to the humor, as opposed to like, I felt like the dialogue was just giving us the setup. Like, oh, you are never welcome back in this house again. I got it. She took the ring away, and you left because sure he was mad at you. I got it. I understood that you're not wanted any to be with this person. You know. Anyway, I guess I that's didn't my... have any problems with the dialogue because I'm just I don't know. It's a convention of this type of movie. Sure. I, I'm trying to think of anything else I have to say about the movie, and I just, I'm not sure I do. Um, do you have any other notes? Again, I, I didn't write them down, and that's probably my fault, but it's a relatively simple movie. It accomplishes its goal. Um, I think simple it's. Simple narratively. More, simple narratively, yes. There are a lot of, like, incredible stunts. Like, the, the thing that goes down when a train is coming, there's a guy on that, and it, like, sets him inside a car. It's like, yeah, that the, sort of thing is just great to me. Yeah, the, like, railway crossing yeah. barricade thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they lock them on the roof. Yeah, very, very, very funny, very intricate, very um, like well coordinated stunts and all that. But yeah, very simple movie that really its goal was to make you laugh and entertain for forty five minutes, and it did both of those. So like, 
it's missing an emotional beat, but fine. Like it wasn't really going for it. It was going for the exact amount of emotion as I think we both got out of it. So it's hard to fault the movie at all, but it is hard to also like for me to pull, like to say it's a five-star movie, you know, it's a five-star movie right. for 1924, but like if I was living there, but I'm not. So I'll probably wind up doing four and a half again, that courtesy half star. Um, Maybe throw a little heart on there. I don't do the hearts. Okay. Me either. But I know people <laughs> like to do it. Yeah. I would put hearts on too many movies. Um, so every movie Fair I ever enough. see heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, do you have any other notes? Um, Nick should put a heart on Prisoner of Azkaban. Probably. But... <laughs> That's how you're choosing to work. work it yeah. In. We're, we're coming down to it. And I, and I haven't found a good <laughs> avenue in yet. <laughs> nice. Uh, Robert, would you say this movie is a goat? Yes, I think I had it at number 20 out of however many we've done. Yeah, I. this is so difficult because where do I want to put it? Because like it, 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 we've, we've talked about some very interesting, complex narrative films on this show. And this isn't that. Accomplishing its goals. Yeah. So like I almost want to say, gosh, um, 23 or 24. That would put it under Dr. Strange Love, but above... The Untouchables and The Sting. Yeah, I have Goldfinger, which I guess I'm saying uh, Sherlock Jr. is a better action movie than a seminal James Bond film. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it also reflects because like, I definitely have the kid rated higher. Um, I even have M rated at 21. And so like, you know, M was a really good movie on the waterfront. Some other black and white films. None of them. M was not silent. Um, no. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably so, fair. Is it a goat for you? Yeah, like... Again, being halfway down this list or two thirds down this list is still like a really great accomplishment, you know, but yeah, um, again, considering what it accomplishes there, absolutely um, what it accomplishes in 1924, but um, it's still worth watching. Absolutely. You know, it's seminal. It would be something that, yeah, if I was curating the Criterion Collection, I would definitely put it in. Nice. So I think I'm going to land on 24. That puts it just below Deadpool, um, which I know you have significantly higher than I do. Um, Deadpool Society, I have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that'll do it for that. Um, on next week, next month's goats, we're talking about White Christmas because um, it's Christmas next month. Woo. Um, boy, that's weird. Stress. It should be. Yep. Uh, so we'll <laughs> talk about that next month. Uh, but for our B plot, we're going to go ahead and make the rest of the schedule for the year. Uh, not the year, the Jan- January to June, six, um, six matchups. We're going to make matchups and then the t- Twitter poll will decide two or three a piece. I'd be fine if we did three. We did two last time, uh, two or three. And then whichever one gets the most votes, that's the one we pick. But we're going to try to find some sort of like ranking, some sort of like, or some sort of like binding element to, to both of them, not just, you know, um, the Godfather or Spaceballs, like uh, <laughs> something that can bind them together, something that can be some sort of like, oh yeah, like because we we had this versus the general, so Buster Keaton was right. Um, we threw out a was Twitter that a voice tw- for your podcast with Foster. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we threw out a, a, a Twitter conversation, and um, we we were told since we love arsenic and old lace so much, Jake told us that. How about a Cary Grant comedy square pull off? Um, Philadelphia story versus bringing a baby, or maybe an Audrey Hepburn rob com for February. Roman Holiday versus Sabrina. I've never seen any of the four of those. I've seen the two, the first two, bringing up baby and Philadelphia story. Um, I would prefer Philadelphia story because. I like that one a lot more what? than Bring a Baby. 
Well, but um, I think he is suggesting Phil- we put oh, Philadelphia Store. So, I mean, I, do you have a suggestion? Do you want to do one of these as a poll? Like one of these as a one of the matchups he's suggested? Let's do like Philadelphia Story versus what were the two Hepburn ones you said? That's Hepburn rom-coms. Again, there's not really like a, a binder there. Well, what were the four that you said? Philadelphia Story, Bringing Up Baby, Roman Holiday, or Sabrina. Um, what what is Roman Holiday? This one, Audrey Hepburn, and Philadelphia Story is Catherine Hepburn. So there's All a right. binder. I'll take Hepburns. It. I'll take it. Philadelphia Story versus Roman Holiday. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh. The other suggestion we had was 1930s All Quiet on the Western. Um. Do we you want do we want to just try to find a match with that? Yeah. Um. Do you want to do Great Dictator? Uh. That's Chaplin. Um, but it's a it's a it's not a silent film though. Okay, I didn't know. So it'd uh, that's good. Be a know. couple World War era films. Um, and from the German side too. Yeah. Um, it seems kind of totally different, but like okay. Right. So all quiet and the Great Dictator. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, now we're just off script. I want to. This this is the one that I'm gonna watch anyway, and that's Nosferatu because. Uh, Robert Eggers is doing his version of it, and that comes out on April 13th. Okay. That's what Google tells me, at least. We had that, and it almost won for October. Yeah. So, like I said, I'll watch that one anyway. I would enjoy to talk about it for the podcast. So if you want to put think of something to go up against that. um, Let's see, Nosferatu. Um, is there any other like remakes of classic films coming out? Because like, Could we do that? So, like, if this was last year, all quiet on the rest of Western Front. That way, we say like, because you know, presumably you're going to watch whatever the other one is as well. Right. Internet lists aren't being very helpful. Let's see. Thirty four most recent, most anticipated. I googled remakes. Twenty twenty three remake. Wow. Uh, Wonka, which is Willy Wonka, but <laughs> like, have you seen Willy Wonka? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, I have. Um, An American Ooh. Werewolf in London. Are they redoing that? Um, isn't that Gosling? Or is that is that where he's doing a werewolf? Oh, Wolfman? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, the color purple. They're redoing color purple. Uh, as a musical, apparently. Um, uh, Spielberg. Well, American. Oh, didn't Spielberg American do the werewolf original? in London? Yeah, he did the original color purple. So he's just redoing it as a musical. If that's what you're seeing, uh, filming completed June thirtieth this year. It's coming out right. December next year. Um, what, what did you say? American Werewolf in London? That one is in development with Max Landis attached as a director, so I am confident that will not be coming out. <laughs> uh, Exorcist. Um, there has, why is, why are there no better lists? I don't know. <laughs> do you want to go horror instead? I mean, I, I kind of, I think I would like to, to try to tie it in to, again, some sort of connection, but I, not, we don't necessarily have to, cause like, it's not like a Halloween episode is coming out. So any sort of like remake, um, I've never seen the original Color Purple. Um, Apparently, they're remaking Americans. Why? We could talk about the original Super Mario Brothers. Oh, wait, oh, sorry, it has to be good movies. Uh, <laughs> How about Akira? Is the is the Taika one coming out? I don't know if it's, it doesn't say twenty twenty three, but it says he's attached. I thought he dropped out because of other because right. of stuff. Um, My otherwise, I would be interested. Um, yeah, a lot of this is just like bounced. Not that. Yeah, uh, this is excellent um, podcast. Yeah, excellent audio coming out here for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, my vote at the moment would be color purple. Let's go for color purple then. If it's already been filmed, yeah, 
Nosferatu in the color purple. What a matchup. <laughs> um, oh, it's not directed by Stephen. Who is it? Um, Blitz Bazawule. What would he? Ba- what is Bazawule? Spielberg did this something, person's... right? Yeah, no, Spielberg did the eighty-five. Yeah, but not the upcoming one. Oh, he didn't do the musical. Right. Got it. But there okay. is a a musical coming out. Got it. All right, so Color Purple and Nosferatu. Cool. <laughs> I like that. Um, you, had, you had a couple other suggestions? Um, if we want to go uh, to Asia again, we could do Rashomon versus High and Low. I've never seen either of those. I think we had High and Low on the last poll. Um, I they do did. like the idea of at least international to some degree. Um, Grave of Fireflies. I want to see more Ghibli. You've not seen Grave of the Fireflies? I've only seen Spirited Away and the one where Christian Bale dubs. House movie castle. It, yeah. Um who um yeah, How I mean we, we have done three or four. Uh we have three done. So we need three more. Um we've I think only ever done Nightmare Before Christmas as far as and Fantasia as far as animated. Sounds right. right. Um so sure, we could throw Grave of the Fireflies on there. Gotcha. Um Roger Rabbit if you want to count that. Uh let's see. Something we could pair with. Um Well, that's why I was saying Rashomon. As another international, because that's yeah. what I didn't get to see with uh, Last Duel coming out. Or we could just put another classic Ghibli movie on there, because like I said, I've only seen a couple. Yeah, I've only I was seen looking a- through animation movies to pair with it, and everything is either Disney or Ghibli, basically. Oh Yeah, I've only ever seen um, another. I've only ever seen a couple of Ghibli. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies, Howl's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky, and Spirited Away. Um, so yeah, let's do another Studio Ghibli. Um, my neighbor Totoro from uh, Spirited Away, I think, is maybe the most classic, like the most goaded. Let's do, let's do, yeah, let's do Totoro because that one's 1988. Um, that one's for some reason on our ghost list, goats list. I think maybe because it was before 95. So, um, Grave of the Fireflies is, I think, their first film, right? Like that would be 1980, early 80s. It also says 88. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so Grave of the Fireflies versus My Neighbor Totoro. Cool. Um, now, if you want to throw something that I've seen on there, uh, I watched and really loved Paris, Texas, um, which is a Criterion movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any like big, like notable like releases or things like that, like anything that we cool. can use to. Um, you know, if we've already got like Nosferatu, I don't really want to like throw in another like horror film. You know, like we I have Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Frankenstein here, but like well, we could Texas save those for for. Um, uh, and I don't really want to throw a double indemnity because that one lost last poll. So I want to give it some space to breathe. I don't want to just constantly put it on there until somebody picks it. You know, we really want to watch it. I mean, sure. I want to watch it, but like, you know, people wanted us to talk about the apartment more. Yeah. Um, cause everybody's talking about a double, double indemnity. Um, could do a Scorsese. We haven't covered one of his yet. I don't think. Have we not done a Scorsese movie? No, because we didn't cover Goodfellas. We did Last Temptation. Oh, we did Last Temptation. But we haven't Cause, done like... Because I just saw any... Taxi Driver on the list. So, I mean, Taxi Driver, King of Comedy. Um, uh, uh, I've Bull. seen most Scorsese. So what have you not seen that you want to see? I've seen Taxi Driver once, but I'm due for a rewatch because I remember really not liking it. Um, but I, I don't really think want to I understand one that we've both seen. And I've seen Taxi Driver, so... Um, I've seen the first 20 minutes of Raging Bull, um, and then turned it off. Um, <laughs> that one's also one of my le- less favorites, but if you want to go for that, we can. I mean, I bought the Criterion because I think I, like, I want to 
give it another shot. Um, sure. Maybe I just wasn't writing, writing it under the right circumstances. I've seen a lot of his modern stuff. Um, Have you seen King of Comedy? No. Want to do that? Sure. Um, want to wait to match it with Joker 2? No. What about... Um, is it... Man, I... Uh, all right, I pick pick two of pick two of the four. Um, mean Streets, Kings of Comedy, the King of Comedy, Cape Fear, and the Color of Money. Pick two of the four. Say those again. Mean Streets. Mean Streets, King of Comedy, Cape Fear, Color of Money. I've not seen any of them. I don't think Cape Fear would be in the conversation, or in Color the of Money would be in goats. the conversation for goats in the first place. Oh, Color of Money wouldn't be. I mean, isn't that like a sequel to The Sting? uh no but it is a, i think a sequel to a different um it, the hustler i think or the hustler oh, okay. is a sequel to this 88 and rotspato 7 on 10 yeah you're probably right probably not uh either way i think mean streets is definitely I, I would do mean streets and king of comedy those yeah those are for sure a little bit more solidified in the goats category so yeah. mean streets and king of comedy and king of comedy is quietly scores uh de niro's best performance well i was watching i was re-watching um Ted Lasso with my wife because she watched it with me now and they at one point have a conversation on what's the best Scorsese and they um, they all you know one of them says Goodfellas and one of them and they're like arguing and then the bartender comes up she's like stop stop arguing it's mean streets anyway and they're like oh all right yeah so like I look if I'm voting mean streets in this poll just so you know um, I'm voting King comedy so it's a wash with our votes <laughs> so the internet has to decide um okay so mean streaks king of comedy uh we that's need five matchup, we right? need one more matchup yep so i really um, want to put paris texas on there if we what all right what tell me anything about paris texas paris texas there's this guy who's just walking around and silent and then uh he ends up at a hospital and uh they end up contacting his brother and he, he and his brother haven't talked in years and they just kind of reconnect and it's it's more of a vibes movie than a story movie and but the vibes are really good okay so do we have another vibes as opposed to story thing? uh man we've exhausted my list so well that's i'm looking at, at the shared list and i'm like it, it's yeah. it's hard to know because some of these i haven't seen like is amadeus more of a vibes movie than a story movie i don't know <laughs> like given the given the like way that i the trailer that i saw um um i really have no idea what to go with in that sense because like I said, I haven't seen them. We could go with Apocalypse Now, but I think we've both seen that, right? We have, yeah. And I think there is still conversation for us to talk about movies that, you know, like we should eventually talk about The Godfather, right? Like, I have nothing um, to add to The Godfather conversation. That's <laughs> like, fair. I have no new perspective or anything. That's I fair. would say like, yeah, it's great. Performances are great. You know, that's fair. Um, Sure. Have you Let's seen Deer Hunter? No, but I really don't want a three that's hour movie. That's also really long, like, yeah. And in already Paris, Texas is two hours and a half, two and a half hours. Yeah. Because um, I thought about like Bridge on the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia, but like those are both long. Uh, and we'll eventually have to talk about Lawrence of Arabia, but I don't know that I have the time for that right now. Um, That's why it's an eventually. You know what? I'm going to do it. You pick Paris, Texas. I'm going to throw Amadeus on there. <laughs> okay. Just the, the link is movies that we really want to throw on there right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They're and then we can. We can figure out. Um, we'll make the Philadelphia story or Roman Holiday the February pick. Um, what yes, what day did you say the Nosferatu retake, remake is coming out? The Robert Eggers one. April. April. So we'll make that the April one. Um, well, Subject no, let's make that the March one because that way it will be before. 
Oh, that's right. a March yeah. one. Um, let's see. Let's do. We haven't done animated, so let's do Ghibli for um, January. Okay. Um, and then that means um, so January, February, March. Uh, yeah, April, May, June. I don't think it matters, so let's just go April for Paris, Texas. No, let's do June. Well, how recently have you seen it? Uh, like last month. Yeah, I watched so we'll, it for for a BC. So let's kind of give a little bit of space for that. Um, let's do Scorsese on the um, May, and so that leaves All Quiet or Great Titter, Great Dictator on April. Great Titator. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So vote for the ones that I want you to vote for, listeners. Vote for things. Um, I'll put that on a Twitter poll, um, and I'll have it pinned to our profile. I'll give it seven days, um, and it'll launch the day this episode comes out, Wednesday. So uh, seven days you have to vote on it, and then that will determine the films that we talk about for the next um, next time. So, um, yeah, that'll do it for the B-plot. Uh, before we go, spinoff. Robert, what's that one thing you want to tell people to check out or to avoid? So I watched, I went to see She Said in the theaters, and I thought, it was solid, so I wanted to watch a journalism movie that I thought was great. So I rewatched Spotlight for the first time mm-hmm. in a while. It was my third or fourth time seeing it. And man, is that a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Best I, picture winner for a reason. Yeah, I, I might even say that it's perfect. Um, yeah. it Like, my main problem with She Said was that it didn't establish the journalistic stakes or the character stakes. Like, I really felt, felt like it was missing a first act. Um so it was just like a nice palate cleanser to just watch Spotlight and see this done about as well as you could do it, um, you know, from 2010s, 2020s uh, journalism movie, because there's always all the president's men. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, my main takeaway to add something that is that's not, you know, obvious that everyone would say about it is that I want Rachel McAdams to do more roles like this and not and so often roles. just play someone's wife or girlfriend. Sure. I get that. I yeah, feel that. She's great in this. So is Mark she's Ruffalo. So is Keaton. So is John Slattery. So is uh, Lee Schreiber. Oh, yeah, thank you. I was going to say yeah. Wolverine's brother. That too. Yeah, everybody's great in the movie. Sure. Yep. Um, I rewatched a movie um, recently because I was like, I want something short. I want something that's probably going to make me laugh. I want something that I don't really need to think about. So I threw on Clerks, uh, which is the first time I've seen it since high school um the first and i like this it's a very soft recommend um <laughs> i think i read a couple letterbox reviews including yours afterwards and i i think it's it's right like this is a three and a half out of five like this is it's fine it's good it kind of lacks um like any sort of sh- like structure and like it's sometimes technically not the best but like it's understandable because of how it was made um well, and kevin smith was literally an amateur like yeah. Um, like, you know, I, un- I understand all that, but like it, it, so that, that stuff doesn't bother me, but, um, it, the movie doesn't really know what it wants to do. It just kind of wants to do a day in the life kind of thing. And in doing so, it kind of loses any sort of like overall narrative. Um, like there's not necessarily a, a day in the life that shows you, you know, all leading to this one thing. Um, cause it's like, Hey, let's have a hockey game in the middle of the movie and let's, have this, you know, um, what, what was your review? Something like Chekhov's bathroom guy? <laughs> like, yeah, 
<laughs> like let's let's throw in that and let's let's start off the movie with this guy, this gum salesman convincing people to not buy cigarettes and like and then let's throw in this thing where this guy has a pretty solid relationship with this girl, then almost hooks up with another girl, but she hooks up with the dead guy in the bathroom. Like a spoiler for the movie, but um yeah. the movie just does kind of seem like a collection of shorts and there's nothing wrong with that, but um it's cl- it's clear to see like why Kevin Smith got more projects after this. Um, it's a really great first effort. Um, yeah. And but I d- I don't think it quite deserves the status that it's been given. You know, we mentioned Mallrats earlier. I prefer Mallrats to Clerks. I prefer Clerks Clerks Two to Clerks. Uh, I do too, actually. Yeah. Even though there's the whole weird thing with the horse. Yeah, but I was laughing the whole for. time. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't I, mind the Clerks structure. Like I think the hangout movie is fine it's just that kevin smith never evolved after that especially visually like yeah. bruce willis famously blew up on him on set for not knowing the difference between lenses which is ridiculous for uh this notable of a filmmaker yeah that's fair um so yeah it, anyway it's just i think clerks is a good movie but i just don't think it's quite worth the like cult status that it's been given um like it it's good but like May, like maybe there's a world where we talked about clerks on a goats episode um, because sure, of this its is, status. Yeah, this is like, a good example of that, where it's like it hasn't really held up, but it was great for its time and for like just the hey, there's no story here, right? And for launching movie. Kevin Smith's career, yeah. But like, am yeah, I counting yeah. it a goat? Am I putting it in our Criterion collection? No, like, no. Um, I really didn't like it in high school. Um, I liked it more now, but like when I was in high school, I don't, I don't, I didn't. I think it was the first thing I saw by Kevin Smith, so it was just like this is what what was this movie's purpose for existence and it's good but it's characters of jay and silent bob need to be shot off to the moon and never heard from again um i like them and let's not make a movie about them going to the moon either (laughs) (laughs) i like jay and silent bob but yeah it's it it feels i haven't seen clerks three yet um but i really want to which is part of the reason too like i think i've seen each of these universe movies once so i kind of want to just do uh my own very drawn out marathon before like leading up to clerks three yeah. Um, when it drops on sale and I'll for Black Friday and I'll buy it inevitably. Um, so like kind of especially because I definitely needed to at least watch the first clerks first clerks before three based off of the trailer. Um, yeah, you it's a lot of it is just recreated. Yeah. So um, so, yeah, I I want to rewatch them all, but I'll probably skip reboot because that's a big chunk of trash. Um, <laughs> that movie's awful. It's very bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's a wrap. You can uh, follow Robert on Twitter, Letterboxd, as he mentioned, at Rob's Thoughts, or at underscore Rob's Thoughts on Twitter. Um, I, I'll have that in the episode description. Um, so you can just copy and paste there. Uh, quick reminder that Sif Pop Riders Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you are interested in writing for SifPop.com or if you want to get in contact with us, the show, uh, maybe send us a question to explore during the V-plot, then email writersroomatsifpop.com or get in contact with me over Twitter or Letterboxd at Whitecastle. And please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Five-star reviews are great. We really love those here. Next week, I'm talking Avatar with John and Sam um, for the release of Avatar 2, obviously. Uh, this is a movie I haven't seen since it came out, so that'll be fun. Especially, like, I'll be watching it on Blu-ray at home. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. astonishing that that movie doesn't have a 4K release yet. Like, um, Doesn't it? And, nope. I thought I saw it. Really nope. It's got, like, a couple Blu-ray collector's editions, but that's it. Um, I mean, unless you've seen it and I haven't. 
Um, I, I've just been scrolling the deals and I thought I saw it, but if you say so, I believe you. Oh, apparently it was scheduled to be released. Well, no, that's September 23. That that was a theatrical run. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it had the theatrical run. I, maybe it's up for pre-order. Um, maybe I'm just make, uh, mixing up things. There's definitely no 4K like available yet. Maybe they're, I'm sure they're working on it, but there's definitely no 4K available right now. So Big Jim is stuck in the pool making new avatars. Boo. Uh, I don't even, I don't even want to watch the first one next week, but <laughs> anyway, um, and then next month, as mentioned, Robert and I are talking white Christmas. Uh, don't forget to go vote on Twitter and uh, we'll see you guys here next week. Do you know where I need to go though? Where do you need I to need go? I need to get back Robert. to the writer's room. <laughs>